We'll read verses 9 through 16. Hear now the reading of God's word. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for which sacrifices God is pleased. Let's take another moment to pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would enlighten our minds, that you would fan into flame the faith that is within us, and that during even these minutes in which we consider your word, we would be transformed more and more into your likeness. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you children might not be aware that I emailed the entire congregation this past Thursday, and I wonder what you children would think, as well as what your parents would think, if in that email that went out this past Thursday, it concluded with a line saying, Be sure to come this Sunday for the sacrifice that will be part of the worship service. What sort of thoughts would you have if a reminder went out this past week that you should come ready for a sacrifice on Sunday? I think it's actually helpful to think of that for a number of reasons. First is to realize, quite obviously, that we are not in the age of the Old Testament any longer, and that when we come to celebrate our God and worship him each Lord's Day, each Sunday, it is not a time of animal sacrifice. We don't have an altar in the front of the sanctuary, and we do not offer up lambs and bulls and goats. And yet, there's a sacrifice that goes on here every Sunday. There is, in fact, a sacrifice. That is what our text for today says. In Hebrews 13, verses 15 and 16, it says, Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Then it goes on to say there's another version of a sacrifice that we offer. Don't neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. 
So as we come to our text for this morning, Hebrews 13, 15 through 16, we can see God is concerned with us offering up sacrifices. And this fits into the entire message of the book of Hebrews. The author of Hebrews, who is ultimately the Holy Spirit, has belabored the point to the audience of this book that it's not that we don't have a priesthood. It's not that we don't have priests. It's that Jesus Christ is our great high priest. We don't need the temple. We don't need the tabernacle. We don't need its priesthood because we have Jesus Christ himself who is in the holy of holies of heaven who is the great high priest. And then in verses 9 through 14 we see that it's not that we don't have an altar. We do in fact have an altar, but the altar is the altar of Calvary, the altar of Golgotha, the cross on which Jesus Christ himself was crucified, the once-for-all altar for the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus Christ himself. You have a priesthood, you have an altar, and then in verses 15 and 16, we are told, and there is sacrifice. There is the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips, as well as the sacrifice of doing good and sharing. So in, in verse 15, we'll look at sacrificing to God by praising him. And then in verse 16, sacrificing before God by helping others. And it does recall the Old Testament. You might remember from reading through the Old Testament that there was such a thing as a thank offering that accompanying the various animal sacrifices which were to point forward to Christ's atoning death, various lambs throughout the Old Testament were slaughtered, all pointing forward to the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of his people, accompanying those animal sacrifices in the Old Testament was something called a thank offering. There was this expression of worship. There was an offering, a sacrifice in the Old Testament that was given in thanks to God. And the author of Hebrews would have us think about that and would have us realize that what we do during worship corresponds with what those Old Testament saints were doing in that our worship consists of giving thanks to God. No more animal sacrifices, none more needed. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, has come and has been the once-for-all, perfectly satisfying of divine justice sacrifice. No more need for animal sacrifices. But thank offerings continue. And as you come into worship, you should be thinking, this is what I'm called to do, is to offer thanks, to give a thank offering, to make a sacrifice of praise, to be giving thanks to God through giving tithes and offerings, through opening up my voice and, and singing alongside my brothers and sisters in Christ, the fruit of lips. One 
another, each of us, one alongside the other, offering praise to God, the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips. I want to go just uh, a step further. I, I do believe that's true, that it, it corresponds with the Old Testament thank offering. But this says, the verse that we're looking at, says that it is a sacrifice. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. What is the sacrifice? What is sacrificial about what we are doing right now? What are you sacrificing to God in order to praise him? I think this is actually maybe the hardest thing to do as a person, as a sinner before God. And it, it's represented in various scripture passages. Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness. First Corinthians 4, verse 7. What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Question there making us come back to saying, us realizing what we need to be laying aside, what we need to be sacrificing in order to give praise to God is in a sense ourselves, our craving for recognition, our craving for the validation of others, our craving to be acknowledged, to be seen, to be thought as noteworthy, to be significant, to be accomplished, to achieve so many different things, all of the ways in which we obsess over who we are, what we have done, Sacrifice. Lay it aside. Not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness. Think about these words that we've sung so many times. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast. Save in the death of Christ my God all the vain things that charm me most. I sacrifice them to his blood. Strong words, words of sacrifice, words saying, bring the sacrifice of praise before God. Come into the Lord's presence. Look to him on Calvary's cross. Survey the wondrous cross. Realize the significance of what he has done. The God of God, light of light, very God of very God became man did what you could have never done, lived a life of absolutely spotless perfection, and was obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross, and went to that altar of Golgotha, and was there sacrificed as that once-for-all sacrifice that forever satisfied divine justice, so that you might have forgiveness of sins. He atoned for you on that altar. 
so that you would be forgiven of God, that you would be counted as righteous. And you see, that is there for you. If you're here today and you know you're a sinner, look to Christ on the cross, that altar of Golgotha with the once-for-all sacrifice to satisfy divine justice, and trust in that sacrifice for your sake. Not just Don't leave him just as the Lamb of God, but make him your Lamb, your sacrifice to satisfy divine justice. And don't stop there. In a sense, that's just the beginning of the Christian life, right? You look to Christ on the cross, you claim him as your own, you realize you and yourself do not have what it takes, you only have a record of sin before God, but in Christ you have payment for your sin, you have forgiveness, you have new life, and that's the beginning. You have your whole Christian life before you after that new birth. And in that life it is full of sacrifice. Not the once-for-all sacrifice to satisfy divine justice, but the sacrifice of which we read here in verse 15, the sacrifice of praise in which you come before the Lord's presence and you say, all that I think I am, all that enamors me about myself, all the ways in which I obsess over what I have done, all the ways in which I am building up a subconscious resume as well as a literal resume, I lay that all aside. I sacrifice it to the blood of Christ so that I can exalt the one who is worthy, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of his people. Not unto us, O Lord, but to your name, we give glory, the praise of our lips. And I want, I want you to really appreciate that and delight in it and, and see how much you need to do that. If you think about your last week, if you think about your day, you spend an awful lot of time in your own head, don't you? Part of how we're wired, part of how we're made, we're hyper-aware of everything we're going through. It's an amazing thing, but sometimes a blessing feels like a curse. We think about our thinking, don't we? We're constantly assessing. Perhaps it's the difference between us and the animals. They, they think very obviously, but do they think about their thinking? We think about our thinking. We are constantly assessing every moment of our lives, and we do in so many ways get get trapped in our thoughts, get trapped in our minds, obsessing over all the various things in our own lives. And what you have here in God's word is a call to get off yourself. Turn from yourself. Look outward from yourself. Realize that this time that you have now on this Lord's Day, this Sunday is an opportunity for you to say, yes, there's all these things I can obsess over. They mean so little to me in comparison to Jesus Christ. 
It is my opportunity during this time of worship to offer the fruit of my lips, the sacrifice of praise to God. Turn from yourself. Think about he who is worthy. Rejoice that you have a God who became man, lived, died, and rose again for your sake, and you now have a reason for worship, for adoration, for delight, a reason to turn from yourself and all of the different things you think about and delight in resting in the Lord your God. And of course it applies for us here on Sunday. This is an opportunity. It's the time we come together and make a thank offering, the sacrifice of praise. But I think this verse is saying this is for all the time, not just Sunday morning. Look at how it says, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Kind of recalls that verse that we know from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Two different verses that are speaking about how you sacrifice in the New Testament. Turn from yourself and praise the God who is worthy. Fill your mind with praise as the fruit of your lips to the God who is worthy of praise, the God who can never let you down because he is perfect, the God who gave himself for you before you were even born, the God who makes promises to you and comes to you through the Spirit. Praise him with the fruit of your lips and realize that your body your body itself is a living sacrifice. Do you see how freeing and glorious that is that you can go to your God and say, Lord, I want this to be the case. I don't want to be stuck on myself at every point and turn in life. I want you to take everything that I am and make it an expression of praise to you continually. I want my entire body to be made holy unto you. Sanctify me. Sanctify my hands. Sanctify my feet. Sanctify my mind. Sanctify my mouth. Sanctify the words that come out of my mouth. Make me a holy sacrifice unto you. One in which I am continually giving you praise. And then... Verse 16 picks up the same idea and says it's not just the sacrifice of praise, but doing good and sharing. For which, with such sacrifices, God is pleased. You see what's going on here in the book of Hebrews. See, it's already said do not forsake the assembly of the gathering. That has already occurred in the book of Hebrews, a, an admonition 
for churches to meet together as churches. And now the author is saying, in a sense, look around you. Take inventory of your brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this community that the Lord has established, that you are a part of, this household, this family of God that you are a member of. Look around, take inventory, ask, what's the good that I can do? What's the sharing that I can do? See how scripture just reaches into your life and makes you so much more than just who you are as an individual. Take account of your possessions. Take account of your gifts. Take account of those around you. Take inventory of all of these things. What good can you do? What can you share? And it enables you to look at your whole life and say, nothing's wasted. The suffering I've been through, the difficulties I've endured, the trials I'm in right now, they equip me to come alongside somebody else. To comfort with comfort with which I've been comforted. Able to help. Able to sympathize. Able to empathize. Maybe it's what we typically think of. Giving of funds and goods. Or maybe it's services. Maybe it's coming alongside to provide rides. Or helping others with whatever they might need help with. Maybe it's phone calls or letters of encouragement. Doing good. Sharing. Realizing all the gifts that God has given you are for the reason, for the purpose of sharing and doing good to others. I think this is so amazing and beautiful because there's something that we cling to tenaciously, thankfully, as Reformed Christians. And that is what the book of Hebrews says concerning the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We speak so frequently about justification by faith alone, and we're right in, in doing so. We are very direct about Jesus Christ being the atoning sacrifice for sin. That he alone justifies. That our only hope in life and in death is our Lord Jesus Christ. That he has imputed to us a life of perfect righteousness as well as a curse-absorbing death on the cross for sins that he didn't commit but that we, in fact, committed. We cling to that tenaciously, and we should. We don't want that blurred. We want Jesus to be known in our lives and to everyone else as the sole Savior of sinners. So isn't it glorious that in these two verses that speak about praising, doing good, and sharing, we're still invited in to mirroring Jesus Christ? No, 
you don't go to the cross as the Son of God to satisfy divine justice. That's something only Jesus Christ could do. That's why it was necessary that we have the God-man, the one mediator between God and man, as our Savior. He could go to the cross and bear the wrath of God and continue in his obedience up to the point of death so that he could impute the merit of that to you. But he was called to sacrifice himself, and you are called to sacrifice yourself, to be a living sacrifice, to lay yourself aside, not unto us, O Lord, but to your name give glory. Consider this verse from 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Do you see what that's calling you to do as a Christian? It's what's written in verse 16. Do not neglect doing good and sharing, for which with such sacrificing God is pleased, sacrificing before God by giving yourself for the good of others, by caring for others, by communing with the saints, by giving of what the Lord has first given to you for others. So we see that we are sacrificing in the New Testament, sacrificing God by praising him, sacrificing before God by helping others. And it is here that you begin to realize something astounding. Think of God's creation. All the different animals, all the different plants, all the different elements in the periodic table. Then think about things that perhaps we don't study as closely but should. The angelic realm, spiritual beings, things that we cannot see, the invisible dimensions. Think of all the universe. And recognize your place in it is to be unique in this. You have reason for eternal gratitude. The Lord has so made you that you need salvation by grace alone in him, and he provides that salvation, something you could never establish for yourself, and he has so made you in his own image that you are able to consider that great gift And right now, today, you begin doing what you will continue to do for all eternity. Just praising the Lord, the fruit of your lips, offering up the sacrifice of praise, being a grateful, thankful, praising Christian. Your unique place, your unique role, your unique purpose as an image bearer of God in the universe in which he has made and placed you offering up the fruit of your lips 
learning now to praise God, delighting in knowing that you will be doing that for all eternity. Let's pray together.